Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. My guest today is Derek Causer. Derek is a personal trainer running his personal training business, Cause Fitness, at a Raising the Bar Training and Performance Center. Also, Derek is a mental health advocate and runs a podcast called End of the Tunnel Podcast to raise mental health awareness and help help others understand the challenges. This was a great episode. We talked about mental health, his mental health journey, fitness, and even chatted a little bit about football. Please welcome Derek and everyone enjoy the show. Derek, how's it going? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. Um, for people who don't know you yet, let's get it out of the way. Um, what do you do? Absolutely. So I'm a personal trainer. Um, run up my business out of Raising Bar Fitness in Edmonton here. Um, also a mental health advocate for the last couple of years here, and plenty of other things that I work on. But those are my main two at this point. Mm-hmm. Make sure the mic's a bit closer to you, okay. so just the two, yeah. Just so it picks up the sound for sure. I'm um, going kind of like a fist, um, kind of like a fist away. But uh, yeah. So how how is the fitness now? Because I know for uh, well, until recently, uh, everything was locked down. So you must be feeling pretty good that you can at least train people. Absolutely, yeah. A couple of days here from when this comes out, we'll be back out in the gym here. I you know I texted all my clients last night, and they're pumped to get going. So I'm excited to be back in there, um, get my clients back into shape after you know that couple lockdown pounds that we all get so oh, yeah no. well yeah i would imagine there'll be some great need for you after imagine t- time people get you know, right? <laughs> absolutely oh. like yeah even i put on some weight i've heard quite a few people texting me about that so you now it's one of those things that kind of have to deal with it's tough to keep the weight off when we're not in the gym like we are normally oh 100 and what were you going doing in-home workouts with clients at all during the lockdown? Because I know it was kind of funny because gyms were locked down, but trainers could still go to people's homes. Did you do that at all? So I didn't. I didn't really understand that. You know, there's that you don't have as much control with how sanitary their houses actually are. So it didn't make much sense to me how they opened that up. But as soon as things got locked down, I was actually um, had set up some virtual training for my clients. Had quite a few that were doing that with me and. Um, you know, time to time doing Zoom appointments just to kind of keep up with them and checking in how they're doing. And you know, that's worked pretty well with the virtual training. That's awesome. Yeah, I was kind of worried because ever, like gyms are closed. So I know gym owners were losing probably tons of money. Just And I'm not sure if the government's going to uh, like reimburse them at all or cover it. Because I, I know some gyms, or at least uh, I'm not sure about Good Life because I switched to uh, Evolve. Mm-hmm. But I know... Uh, well, my gym, like they froze your membership, so they weren't charging. But I'm not sure if the other gyms were, but yeah, absolutely. Like, um, so the way that my gym works is me as a trainer, I pay rent to the owners, and then basically I'm able to have all the clients I want in there, do everything I want out of there. It was it's basically my space, but like I know that um January here I need to to pay my rent even with the gym still closed at the time, just because you know things are happening and it's tough to keep going with everything going on. So they just needed that little bit extra just to help keep going, which, you know, I don't mind. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, it's shitty not paying it, not being in there, but at least then the gym's still open. And, you know, I, yeah, that's the big thing is just keeping the gyms open with everything going on. Oh, so then basically you have something to go back to versus closing down. Yeah, exactly. It's, I couldn't imagine having, well, the gym that I'm in now, like I love it so much, but just all the gyms in general, you know, I couldn't imagine having, so many of those go out when you know even the gyms that we have are open are so full with so many people at this point that i can't imagine if we just lost all these other gyms and then the population has to go around to all these gyms I can imagine there'd be some overflow with that yeah yeah i know my gym i go to evolve downtown it's like 124th street um it's usually packed like in the evenings and and i might think of going to not a different gym because they have a north location that have to check it out but 
it's just the worst when you go want to go to the gym and the machine's taken. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like when I worked full time or when I was um, working or when I worked full time, my old job when I wasn't training and um, when I was going to school before that, you know, I remember that I'd get to the gym around that five, six o'clock mark and it was just brutal how busy it was. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I love with the private gym I'm at, even at those five, six o'clock marks, it's, you know, maybe 20 people in there just because everybody that's in there has to be working with a trainer. So it really limits that. So there's not so much overflow like that. Yeah. So yeah, for people who don't know, so what's your gym name again? Like, and what, did, like, what is your gym like? Cause I know, I guess most people picture a gym, picture a bunch of machines, like kind of like a typical, say chain box gym absolutely so what kind of what is your gym like yeah great question so um yeah as i mentioned earlier it's raising the bar training and performance um down just over by millwoods kind of area but um it's different from any other gym that i've seen um one of the first things that's really different is just basically the model where the two owners of it actually decided that they just wanted to bring trainers out of it and have it more of a private gym for solely the trainers working out of there um just because that allowed them to really bring in more trainers into the industry help them and guide them a bit and help us to be better trainers in the industry um and not just these you know few uneducated people that kind of thing um so we have yeah a smaller gym but we have i believe about six eight squat racks we have the leg press um we have some cables and stuff and then we have I probably one of the biggest turf areas in all of Edmonton. It's, uh, I believe, 75 yards long and then probably about, I'd say, 15 yards wide. So quite a bit of room that we're able to do it. It's more of a, I'd say, functionally fit gym instead of just all the machines and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So oh, so it's longer than the inside uh, indoor turf at Commonwealth. Uh, Isn't it? Because that's, like, that's the thing. It's my bad. 75 feet 75 feet <laughs> yards like yeah <laughs> like that's a huge Got turf. conversions in my head <laughs> <laughs> and and so what got you into training like what it's what's your like your dream into um yeah like personal training other people yeah so i actually played football for about um 12 seasons so i ended up starting working out when i was in grade 10 and um around when, this when sorry when do you when do you start football like uh like what did, do you mean did you play seahawks or um so i was in Wetaskiwin, so i actually played for the Wetaskiwin wolverines it was the first year that they had an adam program so um moved up through the wildcats warriors then i moved on to battle river shock and um Wetaskiwin composite sabers and then eventually um came up to edmonton here to play for the edmonton huskies nice yeah but yeah um back to that grade 10 around that same time i'd realized that I wanted to actually play at a, another level after high school. So, of course, you know, you got to start working out. You got to start beefing up, especially for me playing a line at the point. And I was fairly small for um, coming to the city. I was fairly small back in Wetaskiwin there. I was probably one of the biggest on the team. But um, oh, it's so you probably you probably met some um, some like huge people at the senior bowl. I remember I went to senior bowl and I'm like and I'm like six, six, one. <laughs> Well, I was probably two forty. I know I was a guard. I wasn't even a tackle. <laughs> yeah. And I go to the I go to the senior bowl. I'm like, holy shit! Everyone's six five. All these farm boys from like, I forget like Raymond and oh yeah, and like and six five three hundred. I'm like, I'm not making this team. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I like. I grew up playing center, and I was um like around that time six two six three coming out of high school, and I was uh, I believe I'd gotten myself up to two forty. So. No, oh, in the scale, general scale of people, I was pretty big. But, you know, when we compare it to guys in Edmonton here that they're um, 6'2", all the way up to like 6'7", and they're close around 300 pounds, like it's not even close to touching what they are. So I got moved out to tackle because I was that smaller. Um, but yeah, decided that I wanted to start <laughs> working out there. Um, and yeah, around my grade 12 year, I really started to fall in love with the gym and um, just fall in love with working out. I remember the summer between grade 11, and grade 12 was really where I learned how much I loved it. Just because I spent, it was, I call it my second home because I spent hours there every day. And um, fast forward a couple of years, you know, I'm playing Edmonton Huskies now. And at that point I had begun dealing with my own depression, anxiety, um, all of that kind of stuff. And you know, my own mental illnesses and um, for a period of time there, I actually stopped going to the gym and 
just wasn't feeling it, didn't have the motivation for it. And then, you know, along the line, after a couple months, I realized that I needed to get back in there. Um, it wasn't really a mental decision at that point. It was more of a, I'm playing football next year. I need to actually get in shape. I can't come yeah. in there just super fat, right? Um, yeah, started working out. And really at that point, I realized how much it helped me mentally and how it really just helped to relieve all my stress, get all my anger out. And um, that was when I kind of really started thinking about becoming a personal trainer. And then along the line, you know, I, I thought about just how much of a difference that made for me. And, um, you know, I thought about in grade 12 when I spent some time helping some of the rookies on the team, just working out, teaching them that kind of stuff and how much I enjoyed it. And then just knowing that that calmed me so much and helped me mentally, I wanted to be able to pass that on to others and really help other people to change their life and feel better about themselves all around. That's awesome. And yeah, it's good like that you genuinely want to help people because I know they're probably more so on Instagram online where people look good and they sell people cookie cutter programs just to make some money. And it's and people can get taken advantage of. And it's good that there's someone like you who's has a passion to help people. And and uh, going back, do you know what kind of caused you the depression or why you kind of got into like a such a negative mental state or what happened? Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it was a tough period of time. You know, we we all go through changes going through coming out of high school and going into whatever it is, whether it's university, whether it's working. Um, but I had gone through a period of time there where right after high school, um, you know, within a couple of weeks of getting out of high school, I learned that my mom had breast cancer at the time, which I had a aunt passed away from a couple of years prior to that. So that was a big hit. Um, you know, found out that my parents were getting divorced around the same time and just a couple of bunch of other things that all kind of piled up on me. And it was at a point where, you know, I didn't really know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to cope. And, um, I made a lot of bad decisions around it and, you know, drank a lot to help help with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where everything started and where I kind of had to rebuild myself. Well, that's that's a lot to, for someone to go to go through, even at a well, at such a young age, and you know, especially in uh, basically a phase in your life where you're transitioning, figure out who you are in life, trying to establish and find your passions, and then basically everything that you kind of know, it's kind of it seems like it's crumbling, especially you know the cancer, having a serious di disease diagnosis is. I could I couldn't imagine that. Abs absolutely, I was just gonna say there it was at like. With everything, it got to the point that really the only thing that was stable in my life that had stayed the same was the truck I was driving. You still do you still drive it? Or? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> I I missed that truck, but no, I had an accident with it and out of that. Oh, dang, that would been awesome. <laughs> Just keep it, keep it going, right? But it's good that you uh, went back to the gym because you know I guess I guess a lot of people's frustrations during this um, the recent lockdown was the gyms were closed and. Um, from what I heard, I guess from what I've seen, I don't think there was much infection or spread coming from gyms. I think for the most part, people were taking it seriously. People were sanitizing like crazy, and I think it really did a disservice to everyone by shutting the gyms down because I think it just gave people basically were depressed more and yeah. went in such mental states. And I think just. We should have kept them open because we needed the gyms. Absolutely. And it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I had these facts come up on my news feed today, specifically about Alberta. Um, and the stats that came out here was between June and November, over 4 million gyms and studio workouts were completed in Alberta. And with that, there was a 147 resulted positive cases. So the actual rate that we had in gyms in Alberta here was 0.0037%. So it's way under the national kind of spread percentage far below it yeah and yeah i just under, understand and even i think hair salons and barbershops there was zero spread coming from there absolutely and i think it's i think it's almost inevitable because i think right now inevitable you know, just <laughs> mumble that one geez uh, uh so i think right now a lot of people are to the point where they're frustrated absolutely. and there's a lot of distrust with the government so i think people are gonna break the rules regardless but i think before there's people you know who are sick or still in doubt and, and then kind of ruined it for everyone i think if we all did it safely and and wear war masks like that's not a big deal but then just no. still to have like few um gatherings here and there and i think also if we have the rapid testing absolutely um 
in restaurants and gyms and then maybe it's just an extra x amount per month 100%. to your membership or x amount to your bill and i think that way we'll have a better idea of controlling the spread versus just locking down reopening locking down reopening <laughs> absolutely and you know the other thing that i think about with the gym is um you know like the people that go into the gym know it there's a bit of a community that forms in that gym um even like the box gyms where you have so many randoms there's that community that forms it you know everybody has that respect that everybody's get in there is trying to better themselves and get better as a person so there's that little bit of a respect where you know they're those people take the extra care you know they wash their hands and you know they're making sure everything's sanitized all the time and making sure that everything all the equipment's clean so i think that the gym is probably one of the safest places to be just because there is that community that I don't see happening anywhere else. Exactly. And again, yeah, it's the sense of community that I guess people need. And I know people go to the gym so often because, you know, they're having a bad day at work or maybe their girlfriend broke up with them, boyfriend broke up with them. Absolutely. And just such a place where you can kind of put out life on pause and it's you versus you and you're working on yourself. And again, you meet great people and usually the the meanest, biggest looking people are the nicest. It's funny. And, 100%. and they always help you out. And but yeah, and, and again, I think people needed it so much. And and kind of the rules, I think, didn't make sense either, where personal trainers were, again, allowed to go to people's homes where it won't be as sanitary mm-hmm. compared to the gyms. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you have this trainer that, uh, well, let's take away the part where, you know, we're going into homes that we don't know about, but take the idea of the trainer going from, you know, two, three different houses at the very minimum in one day. Uh, to me, that doesn't seem very sanitary just because you have this person going to different houses. They're probably going to go get lunch as well. So you have all these other plate germs coming into the houses that, you know, you don't really know about. Yeah. Oh man. He's really barking. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh man. I feel so bad. He really wants to play. Uh, right now we're laughing at my dog because he wanted to play during this podcast and he has a squeaky toy and it's going to be extremely annoying. And right now he's barking because he wants to be in the room <laughs> with us. He's a fine dog. Maybe I'll let him embrace you. We'll oh, see. he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I'm, I'm happy that the gyms are at least open a little bit for personal trainers. But again, because not only was it playing a part for mental health, but again, um, a lot of people's livelihoods are Absolutely. basically almost dying dying or being thrown or thrown away just because yeah they weren't allowed to work and i feel bad for, even for the restaurant tours mm-hmm. that had to shut down and again if we did the contact tracing before and we had the rapid testing i think more people wouldn't come in when they're sick absolutely and and i think we have a better grip on them again versus locking down 100 percent, and um like you know yeah the gym is huge and you know one of the things that i think about is when we went to that first lockdown and um like just how hard it is me someone who is constantly working on improving my mental health and um working on trying to make myself happy and um when that first lockdown hit back in march i believe it was you know there was a week to two week span that i could barely get out of bed just because i didn't have that reason to to go to the gym to go i didn't have anything to go to so that was a really challenging thing and i know that there's a lot of people that have that you know whatever it is mental illness that you know if they don't have a reason to get out of bed if they don't have something going on or don't have an uh access to a gym or something where they can really clear their mind they're probably not going to get out of bed oh exactly and i, heard, I think suicide i think i heard a statistic and don't, don't quote me on this because mm-hmm. uh, again i don't have anything to fact check right now <laughs> Uh, but I'm pretty sure all the COVID, all the COVID deaths in Japan is less than the total suicides last month. I think something like that. I yeah, I've, I don't know what the exact statistics but are. Something but something like that. Yeah, everything I've heard is going suicides up and, and unsurprisingly. And yeah, suicides are up. Um, again, I think it's partly due because again, some of these businesses. I know in California, I think same five same five percent of the restaurants are done. Like they went out of business, and it's crazy that people you know, invest so much money into um, a passion or a dream, maybe to serve people food or whatever have you. Now, because again, I understand initially the lockdown made sense because we didn't know what it was. Exactly. But again, there is a ton of rapid testing out there. And if we're going to lock down businesses and go into debt, we might as well be proactive going to debt. Absolutely. 
and we would have kept maybe potentially more people employed. And that way, and again, there'd be more people needing jobs who probably need more testers, qualified testers, train more people. And I think would add a better handle on the climate. Like, but again, that's mm-hmm. hindsight, you know, I, but uh, still. I, I think the real trouble and what I really struggle with every day is that it looks like there's not really a, a, a big plan. Like, you know, we're, we've been in this for damn near a year now and it just doesn't seem like there's a full on plan mm-hmm. for things, you know, for my personal training, like, I, of course, that's smaller scale than running a whole province, but, you know, I had all these plans before the second lockdown was even announced, you know, okay, if we go into lockdown, what am I going to do with my clients? You know, um, what can I do to help them? How can I be of value to these people? How can I, you know, help all these other people that aren't my clients, but are going to need this help? Um, And that like a ton of planning went into that. And it's just been frustrating to see as the government has seemed to not have a full plan for all this stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Cause I know on Toronto is in, I think, state of emergency. I think they're in total lockdown. I believe so. Which is crazy. But, and then you go to BC, what you, you still go to gyms in BC <laughs> with just a mask and, and then Alberta, you know, Alberta, it's some places are closed, but like, you know, kids, kids go to school, but they can't play sports. Well, which that's another thing too because uh, I understand you don't want to spread but maybe there, there could have been a way still for kids to play sports maybe don't let anyone in the stadium yeah uh, and also and but yeah I think there's going to be maybe higher mental well, I don't want to call it mental illness but maybe more depression maybe more Absolutely. potentially more youth suicide because right now again my, my niece is she 11 or 12 I don't know time flies <laughs> right she's I was thinking that about my niece and nephew the other week and right now she and she's in a critical age where I think interaction with other humans is so important than sport you learn so much about life mm-hmm. playing through sport that that she's missing out on and then I don't think she is maybe as happy as she could be I think there's going to be huge mental health epidemic after this absolutely like football was what really made me into the man that I am today you know I don't think that I would be anywhere near who I am now if I hadn't played football because it taught me so many different lessons and um though the other tough thing with that is you know in the schools nowadays as we're seeing those numbers even before all this we were seeing numbers with the mental illness go up and you know maybe that's because they're actually testing this stuff more which you know I don't think is a bad thing it's probably good to catch the mental illness when it's in its early stages but you know we don't have it being taught in school how to actually deal with your emotions how to you know actually just deal with all this mental illness that's coming out and actually, you know, um, work through it. And I think that that would be a very valuable thing to be helped with in school or having no guidance counselors that are actually trained to help within that. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I think, you know, yeah, I think if you look back to me 20, 30 years ago, I don't think we even acknowledge mental, mental health at all. And that just, I think comes down to, you know, generations, you know, grandparents, grand, great grandparents, had to fight wars you know yeah. they didn't have a choice absolutely and then after that i think you know before that, it was basically survival you know there wasn't grocery stores where you can get bags of chips and whatever you wanted <laughs> at any hour of the day right that's exactly it and i think that you tried to be almost more tough back then mm-hmm. um you didn't have a, i think you had less of a choice to deal with emotions because it's either you work or you starve you know you had to provide for your family and do what you had to do and i think now part of the thing issue is one we do live in a great society where, you know, for most part, there are plenty of, a lot of good, good, lot of good jobs out there. Um, education, you have, you have homes, you have a vehicle, you have, and everyone has access to a TV. Yeah, you can enjoy yourself. But I think also with technology, you know, at a young age, you know, I think when I was in high school, I think the iPhone just came out mm-hmm. when I was in high school and, I didn't gravitate towards technology. You know, I didn't, I'd had a Facebook, yep. had an Instagram, but <laughs> barely used it. And now though, these kids basically born with cell phones, even in elementary school, but then they have these social media profiles. Mm. And I think for the most part, um, and it's probably maybe it's getting closer to 50, 50, but for the most part, you know, um, guys, males that we, um, we generally, uh, um, have physical confrontations where we deal with our problems. <laughs> yeah, like kids, we we wrestle. Oh yeah, hot sports. <laughs> we start fights, and, and I think for females, um, they're um, I guess I guess where it would be caddy, you know, start rumors, um, start these fights, um, yeah. social exile. Now with social media, 
it's 24 seven. These kids don't have a break from their bullying. And I think, I think so social media is a huge thing. It's crazy. I, yeah, I've like in the last two months, I've probably backed off to, you know, a third of what I used to use on social media. I'm, I'm posting every day, you know, um, just because I'm trying to bring some value, some good stuff to people. But other than that, like I might go on it, scroll for a couple minutes and get off it just because I find um, Facebook more so. But there's so much toxic shit on oh, these, yeah. um, social medias and it's so easy to get caught up in it and, you know, spend your time reading this stuff. And it's so easy to, oh, well, this person said some shit. I don't like this person. Oh, I'm going to talk shit to them when it's so easy that, you know, if you're in person, you probably would just take a step back because it's not worth that effort. It's that, you know, taking away that effort that it actually takes to talk shit to people, to be an asshole. And it's just making it so much easier for people and people take the advantage of it. A hundred percent. It's so easy to talk shit when you're high by a computer screen. <laughs> but again, if you were talking shit and it was Mike Tyson, you wouldn't be talking. Well, exactly. Like, <laughs> right? And I think also with that, um, with social media, again, it makes it so divided. Mm-hmm. I think, I think what I, what's happening is people, uh, they don't like an opinion. One, again, maybe more so the states, but it seems like if you don't ha- agree with what the, I guess, what the political norm is, you can get easily banned, taken off from social yep. media or suspended for no reason. And I think that just creates, a, um, well, one, a huge divide, but it's dangerous because, again, you don't have those discussions with people like you and I are having mm-hmm. now where we could have an opposing viewpoint. Oh, exactly. To hear each other out, but we can still be friends after, still respect one another, but in social media land, you, as soon as you disagree with someone, you either call them with a blanket statement, like hate speech or yep. whatever. And then you, and instead of, you know, either blocking them or ignoring them, right, you get kicked off. And in which social media is almost like, almost like a right at this point where it's a mm-hmm. platform to have free speech. Well, I, you know what? I grew up in time when, you know, as young as I am, you know, we still, social media wasn't huge when I was growing up. It was still something that was fairly new and, you know, people were into it, but it wasn't to the point that is nowadays where it controls our whole world. And, with that, I growing up, I, you know, used to have disagreements with my dad all the time. And I remember like we'd sit in the kitchen and argue for hours on end and yell at each other. And but at the end of the day, it was all, you know, maybe we disagreed at that time. We shook hands at then and it was like, cool, love you. And that was it. You know, people nowadays don't really seem to learn that, you know, you can disagree with someone and still be friends just because, you know, we have differing political views just because we have differing whatever views it doesn't mean I need to hold a grudge against you or hate you for it. It's just, you know, you believe what you believe. I believe what I believe, whether it's, you know, political, religious, whatever it is. Exactly. And I think we have to, again, I think part of it's, um, we do, people don't want to have like, I guess, real conversations, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be, you know, body shaming, fat shaming, what have you, or people that don't sometimes don't have real discussions. Again, again, we went from a time where people were so hard because you know, <laughs> wars we had to survive, work the land. Now we're at a time where everything's so easy. Yeah. Everything comes, um, and we want to make, and I guess we want to make people feel good because we're learning about mental health. Mm-hmm. I think some, I think we're almost going in the complete opposite direction where people don't have almost any adversity anymore, where you don't have, again, why sports is such a great teacher is because you could be winning in the game, you're feeling so good, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden the team comes around and crushes you and you feel so devastated, but then you learn for that where now, so there was a league in uh, Ontario for soccer for kids sports where I think they even stopped playing with a ball because, because they wanted the kids to imagine they were winning. I'm like, that's a, it's not going to teach anything. And then when they get to like the real world and they get crushed, it's that's again, that's exactly going to add it. to the mental health. Well, and you know, not only that where the teams come around and crush you, but you know, you have these people that come onto teams and you know, maybe they're not good at whatever sport they're playing, but you know, we have, there's people that, you know, they they start off like shit, but then they go, oh, okay, well, I don't want to be shit shitty at this. So they take their time working on it. And, you know, that same adversity, you learn how to actually grow instead of just, you know, being played because you're on the team and you deserve to have time or whatever it is. You know, I agree with when you're young, teach uh, letting these guys play and, you know, not just focusing on one player that might be good, but giving everybody a chance. But there is a point, you know, when you're older that the good guys got to play. And if you're not good, you're going to have to deal with that adversity. Exactly. And you're not, and not everyone's going to be amazing at everything. You know, you and I are not in the CFL or NFL, unfortunately. Exactly. Genetics weren't kind to us. (laughs) And, and that's okay. You know, you know, I enjoy watching it. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and it's still uh, something I enjoy watching. I guess a passion of mine. I enjoy. I hope I hope the CFL comes back this Absolutely. year because again, majority of the stadiums are outside, so we can definitely mm-hmm. have social distancing with a good. Uh, 100%. But uh, thank God for NFL. You know, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. gonna say that. Uh, yeah, I'm just happy it was on because it's like it's something to look forward to. And again, yes, it costs a lot of money. NFL does have a lot of money to work with. Mm-hmm. But again, they didn't do bubbles like um, NF, um, the teams did previously, and they traveled and got their entire season without. And now they're going to go to the Super Bowl on time. On time, which is insane to yeah. me that they didn't have to do anything. But yeah, that honestly, them having an NFL season still kind of saved me a bit just because, 100%. you know, <laughs> I'm a, playing junior, I got so tired of watching football just because you spent so much yeah. time watching film that. You just you didn't feel like it all the time. So this year, because I've been a couple years away from the game, it was a year where I wanted to sit and watch that football, especially with having the lockdown. So having, you know, that every Sunday I could sit down, I that was my day off and I could just sit and watch football while I was getting ready for the week was amazing to me. Yeah, and what do you think? I know you're a Caroline Panthers fan. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what do you think is going to happen with uh, Teddy Bridgewater? Because I know right <sighs> this year, potentially there's about 18 quarterbacks that could be on the market. Man, they are pushed from the reports coming out. They're pushing hard for Deshaun Watson. Sure. If they can pull him in, that's a playoff team for sure. Him with Christian McCaffrey, and then you got DJ Moore. You got Robbie Anderson. Like it, the team, the offense of weapons are there. It's just a matter of working on having a quarterback and having an old line that can actually block. You know our defense. If any anybody that watched any games last year. You know, they gave up a few scores, but at the end of the day, that was a solid defense. And it was a majority of them are from first to third years. So it's a team that's only going to get better on defense. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, Panthers are NFC? Yeah. NFC, yeah. NFC South, the same division with, you know, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. We just got rid of uh, Drew Brees is probably retiring this yeah. year from the sounds of things. So that'll be. A little bit easier not having to deal with him. <laughs> well, you did have kind of like a, a noodle arm towards the end of the season. And plus, he what, broke like, like a few ribs? Yeah, I had to get shots for that. Like, you, you know, 41. you can't blame him. He's been playing for, what, damn near 20 years now? Like, yeah. your arm's going to get start going out at some point. 100%. And I'm not sure it's going to happen to the, the Patriots because, as you know, Tom Brady left. And then Gronkowski came back, but then got traded. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> For like what a third or fourth rounder. It's not even. And 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 I thought Cam Newton was going to be good. He looked good beginning. I yeah. Think. I'm not sure what happened towards the end there. I think they. I think sometimes they're stuck consistent enough because I think you know they could have been like a easy a six and one team, mm-hmm. seven like a, up there. But I feel bad for him because you know he did work hard. Yeah. He did bust his butt, and I think I think he deserves one more shot somewhere. I think so too. The the. Problem with Cam though, and you can't know, throw a fucking five yard pass. Oh fuck no! You can throw, a deep, <laughs> you can throw a deep ball, nice, but you can't throw a nice hitch. <laughs> well, as someone who dealt with him for, like, I love Cam. He's, you yeah. know, people talk shit about him for some of the stuff that he's done, but you know, at the end of the day, I think he is a good guy. Um, but you know, watching him for so many years, where he he came in around the same time as guys like Russell Wilson, where that run running the ball became a thing again, and mm-hmm. you know him and Russell were probably two of the biggest ones that I think of at this day and age that started that again. Um, and the problem is, you know, you watch Russell, you watch all these other quarterbacks that came in by their third fourth year, they were starting to actually work on their accuracy and they were running less, so you know they weren't taking as many hits. Where Cam always relied on the run and. He never worked on his accuracy, injured his shoulder, and I don't think the uh, accuracy is ever going to be there at this point. I feel bad, yeah. Like he's he's such a t- talented quarterback, especially mm-hmm. running the ball, power option, hundred percent. And but again, too many hits. Older, yep. uh, but yeah, I'm not sure where the Patriots going to go. I think they have a lot of draft, a lot of cap space I mean, this year. You know, I'm, I was thinking about it yesterday, and I wouldn't be surprised if they got Jimmy Garoppolo again. It would be bad. I think he'd be good there. The 49ers are talking of taking Stafford. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they got him again. Yeah. And I think uh, Jacoby Myers, if he, they work on him, but he's pretty fast, pretty good, uh, good receiver. True. Not sure about Gunnar Ofshevsky. <laughs> like, who are these players? Well, receiver is just the one position that the Patriots can never seem to pull anyone. Yeah. You know, they had Randy Moss back in the day, they had Antonio Brown for. A season, two, three games, two, three, a couple of seasons. They got they got lucked out with Edelman and Gronkowski. Yeah, 
and they had uh brandon cooks for a bit mm-hmm. but uh and but yeah then then also i'm not sure it's gonna on defense because a ton of players opted out a lot of the starters um, you know that's the thing you know so many people talk about how the patriots were so bad and you know you, you hear people that are trying to say that brady's better than belichick is a player i disagree with that really strongly um but you know they compare a team that on paper with brady they had all the ring chasers going there they had probably one of the most stacked teams on paper whereas belichick he had what six seven players opt out from their defense they had nobody on offense they Edelman got hurt. Yeah, and like they still were what seven and nine. Seven and nine. Yeah. So, so for, almost eight and eight. Yeah. yeah. So to have a team that was, you know, when you look at it on paper, it looks like they should be winning very few games, if any. For Belichick to do that with that team is incredible to me. Yeah, hundred percent. But it is uh, because uh, again, I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm also a huge Tom Brady fan. <laughs> I, I gosh. Yeah. Oh man, fanboy, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I think it's even as a sports fan, it's incredible for um, at age 43, you're 20 years in one place under the same basic routine day in, day out. Mm-hmm. It's consistent. You switch teams, but then the pandemic hits. You have no um, off-season, off-season, off-season workouts with your teammates to get to know people. There's no preseason. There's no training camp. Uh, oh, there's a bit of training camp, sorry. but then <laughs> Very uh, little. Yeah. Um, and then... The team was the worst, like uh, winning percentage in the league mm-hmm. in like their history. Um, most pen, most undisciplined team last yep. year, and they had great people. Like I'm not saying he just made everyone amazing, because they had amazing players. Well, but exactly. He brought, I guess, uh, basically consistency and his championship mindset to the mm-hmm. team. And then one season takes a team that hasn't been in playoffs in 13 years, and then has been to the Super Bowl in almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Age forty three. Yeah, and <laughs> you know I'll never knock Tom Brady for not being great. He a hundred percent is. Um, you know his championship mindset, like you said, is consistent. See, it's all incredible. And quite frankly, I think he's one of the smartest quarterbacks I've ever watched play. But as far as you know, people giving that oh he's a goat, greatest of all time, blah blah blah. I don't buy into that. I think he's one of the most successful quarterbacks of all time. And he, like I said, one of the smartest of all time. But to me, when we're talking that goal conversation, it's got to be more like I'm looking all around, not just what's how's their success been. You know, Brady, the one big problem with him, and, you know, you could see it a bit this year, the Patriots always had a great old line. So he never had to, well, he couldn't move if he had to. He's so slow. But, you know, there were a couple of times you saw with the Buccaneers that there were some D lines that were beating their old lines. and. Brady, Brady got super flustered and pissed off and wasn't himself at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, I like that's where I kind of look at the all around statistics where I'd rather have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. I know that he lost last weekend, but I think that was a more of a team loss than on him. He played incredible. Yeah. Well, I disagree. <laughs> Just because like uh, for me, it's like uh if you say who's the go, it's well, it's in NBA, it's obviously Michael Jordan one because he has one of the most uh, most championships mm-hmm. and again he was consistent against and yeah i would like i think it's sometimes harder to depict like who's goat because of you know accuracy or just so many statistics yeah. but i think again i think when it comes down to and uh, and for me it's uh who can get it done in mm-hmm. the critical times and who can get their team to the championships the most and do it. and i think for me the reason why brady is um as we mentioned like i think new england hasn't had all those weapons on offense previously and they absolutely I think it's also fair to say though regardless of whoever the goat is at the position I think every every team who won the Super Bowl usually has a good team mm-hmm. or a good a dominant defense 100%. like the Ravens so I think that's so I think people don't talk about it enough but I think yeah I think I think yeah I think if Rodgers wins because he has about a few years of, I think if Rodgers yeah. can win two more I think he can be in that conversation but again, like like he did, like it was a total team loss. But again, they had the ball three times, mm-hmm. given the ball three times, three interceptions by Bray Bray's. Like here, try it. <laughs> yeah. And he couldn't get it done. And obviously, that fourth and kicking field goal that was miscommunication there. And, well, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think. But I think also it's like uh, maybe generationally, who's the best quarterback sometimes? But Bray's also been playing in like almost like three generations. <laughs> And that's the thing, you know, there's always going to be that generational disagreement where I talk to somebody that, you know, is their 50s, 60s. And I'm like, well, hey, 
Aaron Rodgers is the best of all time, or you, you, yeah. you, you, Tom Brady's the best of all time, and they're sitting there and, well, no, this quarterback or this guy from back in their day when they were growing up, that's to them what the goat is. And, um, yeah, that's, and it's something that we can never really, I don't think we can name a true greatest of all time in anything just because there is that generational gap where things are so much different. The game's so much different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting though. I know a lot of people are like, even like other quarterbacks are saying he's the go. It's crazy. So well, it's crazy to get that praise too and still be playing and absolutely. not get complacent. And well, and we, you know, it's cool because we lived in a time, we've lived in a time here where for the last 20 years, we've seen probably some of the greatest class of quarterbacks ever. I think so too. You know, we've got, you know, you got Breeze, you got Brady, you got Rodgers, you got Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning. Eli Manning wasn't great to me he was okay yeah but he still had the two super bowls yeah. like we have been blessed with such an amazing quarterback group at this point yeah so many talented people in the nfl it's nuts and, and again i'm so happy that we we're able to watch and i just cannot wait until we can go to stadiums again and yes. i go to a live game and i hope it's soon but <laughs> oh no i'm not sure i don't know it, yeah i'm honestly i was not expecting even like gyms to be open in here when they have like i expected that we were going to be in lockdown here for quite a while longer so i'm just excited to start having things opening again and start being able to go back to you know i don't think that we're going to have the same normal that we ever had but going back to what this new normal is going to be 100 percent. and i think one thing that's for sure is um are you single I am, yeah. Me too. And God, how do you meet a girl? And do you, <laughs> yeah, right. You go out. Everyone's wearing masks, and mm-hmm. then I guess I, for me, I, it's difficult on to do these dating apps. <laughs> I, I don't know how to do it. I'm just kind of because I don't know. I'd rather meet someone, talk to someone in person. But yep. I think yeah, that's going to be a difficult thing, difficult challenge. But uh, in regards to your training programs, kind of, um, I guess what you're going to do with your training rolling out here. Mm-hmm. Um, how is like I guess your 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 I guess your business currently for your clients? Do you have like a ton of clients booked in for in training sessions already? And- yeah, so I you know I was lucky I got all my clients that I had before coming back. So I believe at this point I've got, you know, I had one guy message me this morning about training with me. So I think I'm between five and eight spots open right now. So I have a few that are open, but um, like I had quite a few fill up right away. Like my pretty much my entire evening just got filled as soon as. The announcement was done, which is awesome. I was just complaining the other day <laughs> that, you know, growing up, I had football every evening. You know, I switched to personal training and I had my evenings working there. And now I'm sitting here and it's all my evenings are pretty much empty. And it's like, well, this is weird. I'm not used to this. I'm really not good at sitting around. So I'm just happy to, you know, have those clients back again. Yeah. And hopefully, I hope they don't shut it down you know, again because it's essentially your business. It's the way you make money. And mm-hmm. The gyms is one of the most cleanly places, especially now everyone's sanitized between before and after they do a set or work on a machine or weights. And and again, if we control properly and you don't have a ton of people in there, um, I think I think we can do it. But again, we absolutely I think we need to be smart about this and maybe just maybe just do temperature checks when mm-hmm. people come in the gym, just in a little bit of increase and for sure. Anything would be good to have. And you know, it's not only just um that the gyms are clean but you know you think about what that actually provides for people and you know we've talked about the mental side of things and how it's community where you know some of my closest friends are work at that gym i know some of my clients have really good friends that they've friendships that they've formed at that gym um i've had clients reach out to me and tell me that they missed me so like that just that friendship there that little bit of a social helps cheer people up you know um not only that but the physical side of things you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You'd think that we'd want people to be getting in shape to be healthier because that's just going to help our immune system. That's just going to help people avoid this and stay in good shape. You know, you see guys that are like athletes, you know, you see them press positive for the coronavirus and within, you know, what, one, two weeks, they're healthy. And I would think that there's something to do with that and how good a shape that they are, you know, how they're fueling their body is incredible and just having the opportunity to give that to people again, I think will be really beneficial to help with the coronavirus. Oh, I totally agree. I think when, again, the failures of the government, especially when we have what health ministers or people mm-hmm. in these health positions is they're 
essentially they're talking about these rules and restrictions and they're essentially talking about how many, how many people are affected, how many people are dying. And it's almost, in a sense, almost fear mongering a little yep. bit. People getting people fear, feared and to almost do what you want. But I think no one was talking about these are, you know, the vitamins you should be taking mm-hmm. to help to boost your immune system to be healthy. Exactly. This is what you should do to maybe eat a healthy diet or get these amount of nutrients in your body. These are some maybe mm-hmm. at-home workouts you could be doing more. And, and maybe they did a little bit, but they should have been talking to personal trainers and maybe do like home, home workouts on the news and yeah. get it widespread. But they weren't doing that. And I think people, and I think as a result, that more people could get sick. And I know for for me this year, so I actually got COVID mm-hmm. about a year ago to this day, and I got a really bad, survived, thankfully. You know, I had to basically go on, I had to go, to, I had to go on inhalers for a couple of weeks. Yep. So some puffers. Um, There's a week where I was uh, tired consistently, and mm-hmm. I, I slept about 12 hours, you know, took a nap, and I still, every time I slept, I got more exhausted. Like, I got rough. And I think it was about, maybe almost like a, four weeks, five weeks I had it. That's insane. And what I decided after that <clears throat> is I want to be more health conscious. So mm-hmm. um, I've been taking vitamin C, vitamin D3, omega three, omegas, magnesium, and zinc consistently. Mm-hmm. And this month, um, with a few exceptions, I cheated a little bit. Not yeah. gonna lie, but I've been doing the carnivore diet. Nice. So um, just eating meats. Yeah. Um, been eating mostly eggs, bacon, um, chicken or turkey bacon, and burgers with some cheese. And then steaks. Nice. That's basically it. And I think, well, it's like about like one, one ninety five. Last time I weighed myself. Okay. It kind of looks like I've been working out, but yeah. I've been doing yoga, <laughs> so I've, I've been feeling great. Um, coffee. I just started having coffee this week. Okay. And I had like normal energy levels throughout the day. Nice. And normal bowel movements. I wasn't constipated, <laughs> so that's something else. So it was interesting. So I did did side guess try a different diet, mm-hmm. almost like a, a cleanse, so to speak, and. I realized I like other food, not just meat. You know, meat's great. Yeah, meat is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, man. Especially steak. Oh, yeah. I oh. love and, it. And that's the thing as well. Because um, I know I'm, I'm, as a personal trainer, you probably recognize that um, not every diet is going to be right for every person. Mm-hmm. And again, for me, I know, I think the sometimes the commercials on TV could be, again, political. Mm-hmm. And... Again, I think there's a lot of, like, I think, uh, vegans. Yeah. Like they say, like, eating meat's bad. They have all these reasons. But I think, again, are you eating cheeseburgers? Are well, you eating exactly. like, quality meat? And again, there are a way to get quality meat and quality vegetables. But again, if you look at huge um, industrial size productions of mm-hmm. food, I think even if it's vegetables, it still can have a negative impact on the earth. So it's well, either exactly. way. But I think it, it must drive me nuts sometimes where people can, like, bash other people for their diet or even bash. Um, either bash you for their figure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you know, in terms of diets, starting off here, I have a few thoughts on that. Um, but you know, starting off just on diets, like you said, it's it's really different for everybody. Everybody's bodies reacts differently to different foods. You know, for some people, like you, you're doing carnivore diet, and you know, it works. How's it worked for you? Pretty good so far. Exactly. Yeah. So it works good for you. You know, there's other people who would it probably wouldn't work for you know they'd hate it keto same thing keto is one of the biggest diets right now it's been around for years but you know for some people it works great for some people it doesn't work at all and i you know i not a nutritionist so i can't get too deep into any of the nutrition stuff but you know all i tell my clients because i'll have them ask about that stuff is you know if you you hear about a diet and you want to try it well sure try it i have no problem with that but just stick to it for anywhere from like three to five weeks see how it feels for you. If you're feeling better then awesome, let's keep going with it. If you're feeling worse, well then get off it, maybe try something else. But you know, the end of the day with all these diets, whether it's keto, whether it's carnivore, whatever it is, the biggest thing is it's just cutting out certain foods that you can't eat now so that you're in a <clears throat> calorie deficit. You know, that's really the biggest thing for losing weight. And, you know, people take all these other things into it, but like even for the last couple of days, I haven't been working out for the last couple of days, but I've just made sure that I'm in a calorie deficit and I'm, you know, lost a couple pounds. Um, as far as, you know, some of the different foods and things it's, it is frustrating for me as well, just because I do come from a farming family. So, you know, it's not just, 
what people believe are the nutrients of the food, but there's a political side of things that they add in, you know, all the hormones, that shit that they talk about. And 90% of what they talk about there is complete bullshit, to be quite frank. And, you know, some of it is true, but a lot of that stuff isn't and to come from that farming family where, you know, I hear all the truth about what they're talking about. It is frustrating, not just from the personal trainer side of me that's talk, thinking the nutrients and things, but also from the me side of me yeah. knowing everything that I do with that. Yeah, I think there's a... I think there's a good, like a lot of local farmers who are probably doing it right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they can, again, they can lump up with the big, these big factory farms. Well, you have people watch a net, uh, documentary on Netflix from the States where they have completely different regulations. Everything's different any, down there. If any. Well, exactly. <laughs> and it, it's, they don't realize that it's a completely different thing here. Like Alberta beef is uh, one of the top in the world. And absolutely. We raise our, like if you drive, from a basically um, Edmonton to Calgary, or you go, yeah, basically anywhere Alberta, you see huge cow cow fields. The cows just roam the fields, and yep, and they're not locked up. They're just roaming fields eating grass, and maybe that's why we don't put grass finished beef around because maybe. Well, but yeah. I think we, I think, are we getting more local? We do get local beef here, right? We don't. Okay. Yeah, like certain places do get local beef for sure, and like you know, the whole thing with grass fed is. It's such a small definition, or it's a bigger definition than what people think it is. You know, you say grass, but people think, oh, well, they're eating just grass. Like, you know, you go out into your yard and that's what they're eating, right? It's way more than that that they're actually eating. You know, if you look up the definition of grass fed here, it's way more. There's, you know, other nutrients that they're getting in them. Yeah. And with what what diets, I think it's important to make it a one in a lifestyle change Mm -hmm. because you have to think long term. And you have to enjoy it. Absolutely. You shouldn't do a diet again that makes it makes you sick. And you shouldn't do it if you hate it. Again, if you do maybe doing training purposes for competitions, mm-hmm. whether it be you know, training for football, other sports, or maybe you're doing a bodybuilding competition that's a bit different. You do eat sometimes you have to eat a certain way. Yep. But you should do it and you can enjoy food and be healthy and get fit. And with and also I think training, your training has to be enjoyable. Like yeah. Um, I was talking to uh one of my um the personal trainer basically got me jacked for football. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to him on my podcast last episode, and it was a good discussion. We actually got into steroid talk, nice. And because um, what he saw is, and what we chatted about is the in this for industry that majority of people probably are on some stuff, <laughs> yep. and especially in sports, probably a lot of a lot of athletes in a lot of sports. You know, they're probably on some stuff. You know, oh, you got yeah. you got to wonder how people who are maybe you're out mid 20s to 30s who are consistently playing at a high level like they're probably taking something or another to recover faster like you yeah you you don't know half the shit that these people are taking and even you know even with football we like when i was playing we weren't taking any i I myself wasn't taking any extra shit but you know it wasn't healthy but us like i know for us old linemen we all had um uh, pain relievers just sitting in our locker just because, you know, you're practicing five days a week, like you said, you need something, whether it's, you know, people use, some people use steroids. We got, you know, the, all the aspirin, all the Tylenol, all that kind of ibuprofen, anything that we could get our hands on. We took an unhealthy amount of it, but um, that like, you, yeah, you definitely, you don't see how much these people are actually on. It's everywhere. hundred percent. And then, and again, and then he, from him, his standpoint, cause he's a personal trainer. He um, um has a, physical education background degree and he has a lot of research and he has frustration is that there was there there's trainers who give terrible advice mm-hmm. um again with lifting programs with diet protocol but also with you know substance use for performance enhancing drugs yep and he wanted to educate people and tell them what the proper amounts should be and educate the facts side effects and had him on him but um what i was referring to there i went on a big rant there but um he like he, he mentioned that like your training should be enjoyable. If you enjoy mm-hmm. training a certain way, you're gonna be more consistent. You're gonna enjoy going to the gym. And for me personally, like I, um, when I trained for football, I did a push pull. Yep. I did a couple, uh, like a maybe like chest and leg strength on one day, and do kind of kind of pump days, mm-hmm. hypertrophy, mobility, and then I did like some back like deadlifts, and I enjoyed it because it was mobility, it was strength, it was mm-hmm. um, hypertrophy to make my muscles look good. <laughs> Absolutely, and I really enjoyed it. And 
and that's for me. You know, I enjoy going to the gym for a couple hours. Yep. Um, but again, some people might like doing chest buys. Well, yeah. and, and that's the thing. And, you know, I'm a little bit different because I, you, so many people focus on solely, you know, working on your, uh, all your programming and everything is work solely towards your goals where, you know, even just for myself, when I'm programming for myself, there's a lot more taken into account for what I enjoy with it as well, because the gym, as much as I've got goals where, oh yeah, I'd like to bench this much. I'd like to squat this much. The biggest part of it is it is a mental release for me. So if I'm programming and I'm doing stuff that I dislike, um, obviously, you know, every program is going to have a bit of things that you don't like. I hate squatting, but I still do them. <laughs> um, but like, what's your favorite? Uh, I, I love working arms. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Always my room for arms. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Like that's the thing I, you know, where, you know, I've been cutting for the last little bit and yeah, it would make se- more sense for me to do a push pull workout just because you're burning, technically burning a bit more calories, but I don't find that as enjoyable as doing, you know, a split where I'm doing arms one day, chest one day back. I prefer that split. So I, go to that um another thing like yeah you have to enjoy what you're doing so like one thing that i do especially when i get back into the gym and go hard with it is like i'll focus on just doing my workouts for a bit and i won't really focus on my diet as much and it's solely the workouts you know you start to lose weight from just doing the workouts because you're adding in that little exercise from there i'll go okay well you know i'm trying to cut i'm going to start getting into a calorie deficit from there, as I get to that calorie deficit as a pa- as a routine, I go, okay, well, I'm going to track my macros, my protein, my carbs, my fat, what I'm actually getting with that to help even dial in even more. And um, I find working with that little bit of routine, yeah, it might take four or five, six months to get into the full routine of everything being there and getting peak results. But I know that I'm going to enjoy it and it's going to be a full habit when I get there rather than just going and doing everything at once. And I'm sure you've done it. You, you try doing five things at once and you know, you do it for a week and that next week you're like, fuck, that's so much shit to do. Yeah. Why I can't do this. Well, I think that's the, a lot of people's problems. You know, you get the typically around this time, it's the new year's resolutioners people, mm-hmm. you know, they want to make lose those 15 pounds finally or lose whatever, or have this lifestyle change. But then again, they go to, instead of going to the gym, maybe three days a week for mm-hmm. maybe 45 minutes to go to the gym, five, seven, five to seven days a week for two hours mm-hmm. and they're super sore. And then they try to eat just probably chicken, broccoli, yep. rice instead of maybe, you know, probably I think HelloFresh has some decent recipes. Absolutely. It's probably, you can find tons of healthy recipes online, tons of YouTube videos oh, now yeah. where you can eat healthy food and lose some weight exactly. and you can still have dessert. Like you can still exactly. incorporate that when you want. And I think people just go from zero to hundred, um, as the song goes, zero to hundred real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Like I have clients who, one client I think of specifically here, she came in, she's a bit older and, you know, she hadn't done a ton of exercising for a bit. So, you know, we started out, we did one half hour session a week. Okay. That went for a bit and she wanted more. So we went to two half hour sessions a week. We got to the point before the first lockdown that we had gone to to 45 minute sessions a week. And it was slowly just working out up till we got to whatever point. And, you know, that was probably one of the best things for her to do just because it helped her to not feel overwhelmed with it. But she actually realized how much she actually liked working out. She realized that she was having fun with it. And then, you know, you don't get quite enough. So you want to do more and then you just continue growing from there. And what's, uh, I guess, your plan in regards to uh, business right now? Are you trying to, because you mentioned you're doing probably online online business, online programs. Are you going to mm. try to grow online and keep your um, like one-on-ones or what's your plan? Yeah, so my plan right now is, you know, I, I, I love the one-on-one training that it, I don't think my clients realize how much it actually does for me. You know, they tell me how happy they are, but at the end of the day, I feel way better training them, feel better, better helping them. Just it, it's a mental release for me to help them. And so I don't want to lose that. That's something that I want to continue growing my one-on-one business and, you know, fill up my afternoon or whatever that I fill up. I'd like to, you know, sign whatever amount of clients that I'm comfortable with, but I'd also, but I'm also keeping my virtual open, keeping that as a, you know, it's a little bit of a lower cost option for people. Um, You know, some people want to do more of a hybrid where they're, 
one-on-one sessions in the gym every now and then, but most of it done by themselves. So I'm pretty well open that I'm doing solo, virtually hybrid and one-on-one training at this point. I just want to keep the doors open for anything anybody wants at this point. Yeah, and help a lot of people. And obviously, you want to keep working. It's not exactly. just sit there and, yeah, and hopefully the gyms don't close because <laughs> we need them. And, and I guess, um, and what do you have like a specific client base you work with or a specific target group? Or is it just whoever wants to guess lose weight? Like, what's your. You know, so I do work with anybody, but one thing that I really truly enjoy and that I feel that is a strong student is I've always been good at teaching. So, one thing that I love is you know, bring people in that whether it's that they've worked out, but haven't really lifted weights or they haven't been into the gym at all. Um, I love working with those clients that just want to come in and learn. I have one client that when she came to me, she absolutely hated the gym, didn't go in, just would never go to the gym. And now she, you know, she was texting me during quarantine, how much she missed it and how much it really helped her. So I just I love that teaching and helping bring people into understanding why I love the gym and understanding the benefits that they have from it. That's great. And what's uh, I heard you heard you have a podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's your podcast called? <laughs> so it's called End of the Tunnel Podcast. Um, it's you know I a lot of me talking right now. I'm going to have some guests on here soon, but basically it's um, a lot of the stuff that I wish that I had someone to talk to, that I had someone to teach me when I was young and struggling with all my depression and everything um and yeah with my youtube channel they're working on bringing some workout videos just anything that i know could help people mentally um but yeah if you want to look up end of the tunnel podcast um there's videos up on youtube and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts whether it's apple Podcasts, spotify dang good job (laughs) thank you and how long have you been doing that for um so i started earlier last year i believe it would have been around october november but fell out of it for a bit just needed to kind of get my own head right you know i truly believe that i can't pour in other people's cups if my cup's not filled so you know i took that time for myself but i'm starting up again here on monday so two days before this podcast releases um and going to be starting consistently then nice yeah i'm excited for you to have guests and who's uh who's like your first guest you're thinking of (laughs) so i have a couple you know um, obviously, you know, I want to talk with you at some point. Um, but another one is your first guest on the show, Ethan Woodham. Oh, Ethan. Um, good friend of mine. He's actually the one that he's legit. Yes, absolutely. He he um has really got me onto the path that I'm on now. He we he coached me. I think the first year he coached me, I was in either in grade 10 or grade 11. And, you know, our relationship just grew through that. And now we're coaching together. Now, you know, he helps me with the training stuff, with a bunch of stuff so um another one is um his first name is kudzani he's um got his own company internal keeper on instagram there um and it's a lot of the same kind of stuff that i talk about a lot of positivity bettering yourself growing yourself so he's another one that i want to have on there okay so your podcast is kind of for mental health positivity mindset exactly yeah it's not solely the mental health but just everything with bettering yourself and that you know there's some episodes i film where for people that don't deal with mental health issues i believe we all do to a certain point but people 100%. that don't deal with the depression not the daily or that kind of thing um where i kind of get to my head and explain what it felt like so that people that you know don't deal with that can actually understand and be better prepared to help people in their life yeah i think it would i think it'll do well and because i think it's something people need at this point and, Absolutely. and i think all it's going to take is Again, it's like the gym consistency, <laughs> and you have to do it consistently. Because again, if you post one, 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 one week, and then you don't post for a month, mm-hmm. it uh, it's never going to catch on. Mm-hmm. And nice. and yeah, for me, like uh, I just started this podcast because partly I was bored. <laughs> you know, like, again during the lockdown last year, but also uh, for me, kind of what we talked about is I want to encourage and promote open discussion between mm-hmm. people, and and you know, I wanted get a variety of guests on maybe from different religions um, from different ethnic groups different work backgrounds and discuss even some of the, maybe the controversial topics in society mm-hmm. and, and yeah because i want to show people again you can have people from different viewpoints different backgrounds and still have these open discussions I love that and and yeah but half the time i'm kind of just bullshitting you know? <laughs> i don't know I, I don't i haven't checked my uh, views at all but you know i really enjoy it and again i for me you know what i decided and something that helped me for this podcast 
because I knew oh, for the first probably year it's going to be shit. <laughs> I kind of said that. Well, it's, you know, we all start somewhere. We're yeah. all going to, I said the same thing starting off my podcast. Yeah. And then I yeah, just been uh, consistent. I think I may, maybe missed one week since I started. That's awesome. And maybe out of 32, so this is episode 32. Nice. And I think I had 29 different guests, 28 think, different guests. Yeah, I was, I was spending some time listening. Like I've listened to a few of your episodes and I li- spent a bunch of time this week. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, it was Mr. really Hux? great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was really good. I, was impressed i'm super impressed with what you've done with this podcast oh, thank you i'm excited to see where you go with everything yeah i know i have some dream guests obviously i'll probably want tom brady eventually 100 um, um but yeah i want to get some you probably know him jesse lipscomb i the don't actor. know him personally but i do you probably see him on probably ethan's page yeah yep. and i want definitely want him on and shout sure. out to him and and yeah but uh yes uh again What's your name? Where people can find you? Like, where can people find you if they want uh, some personal training advice? For sure. Get in shape. Where can people find you right now? Yeah. So, uh, name is Derek Causer. You can find me on Instagram at Causer Derek. That's K A S U R D E R E K. Um, on YouTube at End of the Tunnel. Like I said, anywhere where you find podcasts, you can listen to me. Um, but Instagram is probably the best place to find me. You know, if you're interested in training or anything or you know, even if you have any questions about mental health or anything like that, feel free to shoot me a DM or you can always email me at causefitness at gmail.com, K-A-U-S fitness at gmail.com. And, and yeah, thanks for being here. And last thing, um, cause I know you're huge on mental health and Absolutely. you're huge on positivity. Maybe, uh, Leah, one of the awesome message. <laughs> oh man. So, you know, one, I'll get into one of my biggest things that I talk about and, um, one of the biggest things that I remember from growing up that was my dad saying there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And um, that's kind of what started my brand or my podcast name, End of the Tunnel. And I truly believe that, you know, if people are willing to put in the work to spend time working on themselves, bettering themselves and, you know, more than anything, just put in the work wherever it is that you can find a way out, that you'll find that light and things will get better. So, you know, just always keep fighting. Keep going and you'll get through it. Thank you for being here, Derek. Thank you for having me on.